You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because apparently we're the only ones being held accountable for our actions. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Benedict, the man who's not just a spokesman for this podcast, he's also a client. Benedict, (laughs) what is your favorite packaged snack food? I'm talking Twinkies, Ho-Ho's... Uh, those are the only two that come to mind off what, the top. What are we throwing like candy what bars? What are we defining you know? a package as? If it's if it's you know prepared, ready to go, so it doesn't necessarily need to be like you go to a Seven Eleven and it's on the Twinkie rack. Okay, but it could if be it's like something a chip. Are we are, we are we counting a chip in this? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Chips count. Okay, okay, chips okay. count. Um, but what's your, what's your go-to? Okay, well, in the UK, it would have been Walker's, sen- which is Lay's. We call Lay's Walker's. <laughs> uh, Walker's Sensations Thai Sweet Chili Chips, which are <laughs> incredible. A, I like how in the UK, your chips have uh, a connotation of, of movement about them with Walker's, whereas here, ours is obviously <laughs> about laziness. <laughs> Just lying on the couch, eating yourself a whole family-sized bag of Lay's. I, had never, I like I had that. Never thought about but the Thai sweet chili, I can get down with yep. that because that's a great flavor. You find that all over the place, yeah, right? And I, so I love my here, uh, really. my prepackaged ramen. So I'm always going for those sorts of things. I, I I've like never, them. I think that, that's a pretty good choice. Never found a Thai sweet chili chip here. Um, okay, but so that's your favorite in, in the, the UK. UK. What's your favorite so in the in US? In the US, I would go for like a kettle chip type thing of probably salt and vinegar, but also maybe jalapeno. Those are my those are my mm, oh. my toss ups between the two. Yeah, I gotta say those are probably if you go. To, I think it's like the the Cape Cod yeah, brand like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. kettle yeah, chips. Yeah. Those are those are the killers. That's mine. Uh, the jalapeno and the salt and vinegar. Those are their two best. I gotta agree that's with right. you hundred percent. All right, those. what's yours though? Because it sounds like you're not Mine. so much on the chip. It sounds like you were edging towards the sweet ones. So. Well, it wasn't what I was thinking originally, but you asked the question. Mm-hmm. You asked if chips were included, okay. so okay. I, I said yes. Uh, and as far as, as prepackaged, ready-to-go foods, I my, for me, this might sound strange. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, this might sound weird. Let's do it. Uh, it might sound like it doesn't involve, it doesn't belong in the category. Um, it's the prepackaged cellophane-wrapped blueberry muffins. Okay. Uh, they're overly sweet. They're way more sweet than they need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't seem like something that belongs in this category, but because they have them everywhere, I love me. As if Twinkies also, aren't overly sweet. Come on. They're basically a Twinkie with blueberries. Yeah, healthy. Let's be honest. That's what it's a healthy are. Twinkie. <laughs> I get to pretend I'm having something it's healthy. It's one of your five a day. Pastry. Exactly. Exactly. I get the, the three blueberries they plop in there to make me feel good about it. <laughs> 
I love me some blueberry muffins. If I'm going for a muffin, and a side question now, I already asked you the main food question uh-huh, for the episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But what's your muffin? What's Ooh, your go-to what's muffin? What's my go-to muffin? Um, Besides muffin tops. That's... I'm not... You know... <laughs> You know I have me one of those. Um, <laughs> we we both do, buddy. We both do. <laughs> I would say probably like a, I'd, I'd probably just do a chocolate chip. Honestly, I would say really? I'm very boring in in the muffin uh, in the muffin arena. What about? I've never what, been a fan of chocolate no, chip. No, I love chocolate chips and anything. I that or like a, I, I do like a blueberry a pistachio is all right too, but I'm not okay. I'm not a huge muffin connoisseur. I have to say. Yeah, I'm I'm all about the lemon poppy seed. Okay, that's okay, my go. Okay. I love that, just that that little bit of flavor. Because for me, a muffin, if I'm not going for my my super sweet blueberry snack, um, if I want like a good muffin, mm. <laughs> an enjoyable muffin, lemon poppy seed. I think they it has d- that they don't have a prepackaged version of the lemon poppy seed muffin. There me. probably is, but it's not my go-to on the the prepackaged style. Uh-huh. So I'll go for the lemon poppy seed when I want a, a real muffin. That's that's my uh, my one. So Benedict, mm-hmm. this is the show, of course. Where we dig down deep, deep, deep into the bargain DVD bin of well, the Walmart everywhere, trying to find the one, the one conservative DVD of thought um, that isn't uh, cracked in half down at the bottom. <laughs> I don't know, they're not usually that damaged. That one got away from me. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it does. But Benedict, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Bargain DVD bin. Uh-huh. It's a good analogy. Uh, but Benedict, what's your hot take for us this week? It might, okay, this is kind of a hard one to explain, but I had mm-hmm. a feeling of, I guess, guilt when I was mm-hmm. like, I am not as engaged in politics because everything seems <laughs> to be going well. And like, <laughs> do I feel bad about that? Yes. Will I change it? No. It's, how, <laughs> it's, not, it's not so much a hot take as just an, a, a, an acknowledgement that I am not as engaged and mad all the time. And I'm sure there are just as many things, not as many things to be mad about, but I'm sure there are a lot of things that I could be mad about if I put the time and effort into being mad about them. <laughs> I just don't have the energy to do it right now. And things you seem to be going You don't have the energy to go on Twitter well. and scream that 1,400 plus, 16, plus 600 doesn't equal 2,000. Exactly. You I'm, don't have the energy. Exactly. I, so, look, I'm sure things are, are not great, and I'm, I'm aware of what a privileged statement this is, but right now, I just don't have the energy. And, like, the vaccine is obviously going really well, and I'm so excited about that that I just, it's taken all my energy excited away. to be outside again. Yeah. It's taken all <laughs> the energy away from being mad about other things. Give me a couple weeks, I'll be mad again. But just, like, right now, I'm not in a space. I don't have the capacity. I, for, the outrage cycle is a real thing. Yeah. Right, because it's easier to get people energized around outrage than it is about moderate yeah, improvement. Yeah, as we know really from is. reading all these fucking books. <laughs> so, right, that's that's sort of our area of expertise. Anyway, at this point. I, my my hot take is just like I will be mad soon, but I hope everything continues to and get with marginally former President better. Trump out of office, Ooh. many are wondering Oops. what the. F- Accidentally hit play. There, there you go. That that's coming up. That's later. gonna get that's me that, mad that again. I'll, I'll get mad again <laughs> real quick. Yes, yes, it always. <laughs> What's does. your hot take? Mine this week. Uh, language is hard. Yes. Uh, I took I took a year of German mm. in high school, 
and a year of Spanish in undergrad. Great. Uh, I remember none of it. I remember basically none of it. Like, I, I, I can pick up a few words here and there. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, the basic uh, conjugations for verbs yeah. and a couple of pronouns. Okay. That's about all I have from two years of language studies. That's funny. Um, and I, I just, I wish I had that gift because now I find myself trying to learn Japanese. Oh, no. Um, Japanese is hard. Right. Well, very hard. It's, yeah, it's it's not the hardest you language, but it's not yeah. easy. <laughs> you can't Duolingo your no. way into Japanese. Oh, you can't Duolingo no, your way into doable. anything. Duolingo is a garbage well, yes, website. That is also it's true. terrible. No one should use it. I ha- I'm literally on a one-man anti-Duolingo crusade <laughs> as a language. I hate it. It's I, terrible. I will say this. When, when I was taking Spanish in undergrad, I used Duolingo as reinforcement of what I was learning because it's repetition, yeah. right? You're going through the same things. You're getting those, you're seeing those words, you're having to translate them in your head and understand them. So it's good reinforcement. So, but I am trying to learn Japanese because it is, of course, the year of the anime. Uh, and I'm, I'm obsessed now with all these animes that I can't watch because I don't have the patience for subtitles uh-huh. or the ability um, to, to focus on what's going on and read at the same time. Um, so that's, that's not doable for me. So I've, I've decided that I'm going to spend probably 10 years trying to learn <laughs> Japanese is probably how long it'll fucking take You should take get me. a tutor, honestly. Uh, like, it, the, 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 the level of... It's so hard to teach yourself languages. And right. du- Duolingo well, is found for like, oh, I can understand these basic words. But like, if you ever want to speak a language, Duolingo is not it. Like, it's just not. Exactly, yeah. So, so well, I'm trying to... I'm doing a mishmash of different ways. Because this is like... For one thing, I think it's useful for people to, to speak fluently in a second language. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're, like me, going to be a lawyer. You're going to be dealing with international disputes and people from all over the place. Uh, it can give you a leg up on, on other people and uh, and help you do your work. So I think it's it's important. I think it's a good thing if you, you know a second language. Um, and, and, of course, the primary reason is the anime. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. But so I'm trying different methods, right? I've, I'm on YouTube. I'm watching, you know, YouTube Japanese videos. There's a bunch of people who have, you know, basically lectures on Japanese out there. So there's a bunch of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I got, I've got, you know, I've got my workbooks. Ordered some workbooks off ah, Amazon. The got one right here. You can see. Yeah. I think I'm, you know, I'm trying to, to learn to read and speak. So I gotta, I gotta learn how to Japanese write it has by four hand, different which alphabets, which is the most annoying yes. thing in the world. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So we'll see how my voyage into right. other languages goes. I'm predicting it doesn't go well. No. I'm predicting eventually I give up yeah. uh, and uh, go back to knowing a couple of pronouns and uh, some some basic phrases I can pick up here and there. That's going to be the extent of my Japanese. That sounds good. All right. So we'll, we'll see, see how that we'll goes. Che- I'll check in in a month or so, okay? Yeah, yeah. But Benedict, uh, rather than read the garbage we do, we always like to suggest something else that the uh, listeners should go check out. So what is on your bookshelf this week? Uh, on my bookshelf this week is uh, Caleb Carr's The Alienist, which is Ooh. about... They made a garbage TV show that no one should watch, but <laughs> uh, it's terrible, and it won awards, and it's really just bad. But it's about uh, a young Theodore Roosevelt solving crimes in new york so it's just it's just fun what? there's murders in new york and it's uh yeah just like uh it's it's like a why does that sound like something you'd find in the no, chapter it's good. Book yeah, section yeah. of the kids but it's like a it's like a jack the ripper type killer um who's killing i think male prostitutes um mm-hmm. or, or boys basically but 
it's uh it's teddy roosevelt helps to solve the crimes and it's it's just a good read so i would recommend that Mm -hmm. okay it has sequels too the choice is called uh of course it does of course the angel of darkness okay darkness and what about you what's on your bookshelf for me, I'm suggesting something. I think I have brought this up on the show, but not suggested it on my bookshelf mm. um, in the past. Uh, and it is Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is a classic anime series from the late 80s, early 90s, I think. Uh, but it sort of it was one of those ones that made it here in like the midnight block on Cartoon on Cartoon <laughs> Network, um, and it was one of the big first hits uh, in anime to make it in the United States and. I gotta say, it is a classic for a reason. It's deeply philosophical. Um, it it portrays itself, it seems early on, like it's just another one of those giant fighting robot stories. Um, but it really turns into something much deeper and much more introspective. Uh, with a, a, the storyline I would describe as being about um, the alienation of minds and how it's impossible to ever truly be with anyone else because our minds will always be separate um, it's very deep, and it's it was written by a man suffering from intense depression, right. uh, who was himself incredibly creative. Uh, it's a very amazing story, and so I recommend it. And on top, of, if you just like giant fighting robots, it's got that. It's got that too. If you like deeper <laughs> themes, if you like deeper themes um, and children suffering, uh, which is a theme of a lot of anime, is children dealing with immense tragedy. Um, then, then you'll like Neon Genesis Evangelion, <laughs> uh, which uh, it's you know relatively short. It's like twenty four episodes, and there was like three movies made, and that's it. But it's still one of those classics uh, of anime. So I recommend check it out if you haven't already. So, housekeeping this week. Not much. Of course, the usual. Rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, follow us on the social medias at uh, NYGBCPod on Twitter and Facebook. And I gotta say, last week, uh, I mentioned we'd be doing, you know, the the uh, interstitial episode this week. And I had an idea. I had thought we'd be going back to 2016 and looking at the election. I thought that'd be something. Because when we recorded that, I completely forgot that the impeachment was going to be this weekend. Okay. Uh, so that was not in my mind when I was thinking about it. And then it happened, and I realized, oh, shit, we're stuck in the present with this, with what's going on right now. As always. Uh, there's no getting there's away no from getting it. There's no getting away from the present. No, there isn't. So we are looking at the impeachment this week. And I do want to say one thing uh, for our patrons at patreon.com, one thing that I've thought about and I haven't discussed with Benedict, I'm, I'm ambushing it on him in with half. the show now, uh, is for our higher tier patrons, of which we have a couple right now, we'd like to get more in the future, I think we're going to have a perk where if you're a higher tier patron, I don't know what range, we'll figure that out, for X months or maybe a year, we allow you to tell us what event or person or day or week you want us to look into for one of these interstitial episodes. So I'll go back and I'll find, I'll, I'll, I, I'm figuring if you pick a day, there'll be an event around it that you're interested in. Uh, and I'll try and find out what was going on in the right-wing media sphere uh, at that okay. time. So I think that's an interesting thing to that do. So we'll see okay. how that goes. We'll, we'll have to figure it out and see what we're going to do. But anyways, as I mentioned, we're on the impeachment. Mm. And the right-wing has not been, well, they've been busy. They've been busy to be sure. 
Um, they certainly t- seem to take a break this weekend. Um, as soon as as soon as the defense started up, and then the acquittal. Of course, because it's Saturday and Sunday, most of the big names are not on the air. They're not on their radio shows mm. or their TV shows. Um, so there wasn't quite so much for Saturday or Sunday. But of course, for the latter half of the week last week, when all the nightly news shows and everyone was doing their thing, there is a ton of content Great. Can't available. Wait. Good stuff. So we have a host of videos today coming from all over the place. Um, I always want to give credit. So some of them come from Media Matters. Um, I got one off of YouTube. Most of them are Media Matters. One comes off YouTube and another I pulled directly from One America News. Uh, So that's going to be one of our final clips. We also, if we have time to get to them, have two opinion pieces we can go through. We have one from The Federalist and one from The Blaze. And when we get to that, because those are both from today, the 15th. I'll give Benedict the choice okay. uh, of whether he wants to do them, and if so, which one we're going to do. All right, do. let's see so, how we go. Why don't we start off today with February 8th. Okay, so February Monday. 8th. So that that is last week. That is Monday, before the impeachment ever even started. The reason why I wanted to go back to that is I, I had an idea that the right wing would be deflecting okay, a bit. Okay, let's hear it. Trying to, trying to preemptively come up with reasons for the things that we're going to on later in the week. So why don't we start with Laura Ingram on February 8th. Good. Uh, talking about, uh, talking about Biden, a little bit of Biden okay, okay, coming okay, up on okay. the impeachment. Biden's open borders zealots oh, wow. have what they want. <laughs> Big business, they get their slave labor. Oh, okay. And the social justice warriors, the far left squad types, they have their new population squad types. that can be molded and formed into socialist party faith. Hold on. Okay, pause Eventually. it. <laughs> Pause it. Okay, so immigrants can't vote, famously, like uh-huh. it, yes. until they become citizens, which... Well, of course, as we know, yeah, they're going to make them all citizens, so or, they can just... Because that's the only yeah. way Democrats... It's not like Democrats already have over, overwhelming numbers on their side over Republicans. Yeah. It's not like that is obviously the case. They need to make more illegals, as they so, would say, yeah. citizens. Or just let illegals vote. That's honestly easier. That's by the way, I don't like using the term no. illegals, but when we are when we're always reading and listening to the right wing, it's hard to not have yes. that stuck Indeed. in your mind. No, as the no human being I, is illegal. We know that. Yes. Um, I I much prefer the term undocumented. Sure. I just want sure. to state for Okay, the let's let's try okay. We will always try and use the term undocumented. If we slip, we apologize. So yeah. we usually do, yeah. but it like we say, it's hard not to slip into it when that you're constantly faced and with And also that when word. you're commenting on what someone's just said, it's hard to like switch anyway whatever yes we will try and use the term undocumented that is a better term um so yeah just let undocumented people vote which to be honest they should do <laughs> like i i also you know i've been on my green card holders should be allowed to vote from a, a personal perspective <laughs> for a long time no taxation without representation kevin you know you know how it is a de- uh, ori- america's original deep cut um it's called hypocrisy my yes friend. it is indeed but the point being, uh, the open borders policy, she's the open borders zealotry, sorry, she's referring to, is presumably us being like, hey, we'll take some refugees. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the fact that they're still turning people away at the border because of COVID right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Good it, stuff. It, it gets, re- don't trust, don't wait, don't wait. It gets worse. Okay. It gets worse. All right. Actually, they hope to swamp the voting power of all of you Americans out oh, there who still pause. know the country's tradition. All of you Americans, Republicans. By the way, you talked over at the end the little bit she said, who still know the country's traditions. Yep, famously. That was the last little bit that, that you cut me I'm off with. I'm sorry. Right there. America hates immigrants, famously. Carry mm-hmm. on. Traditions, Constitution, and history. 
And heck, you may not have stayed in a hotel in the past year, but illegals arriving since Biden's inauguration, oh they get to stay free of charge. Same you say pause? No, I said, oh my God, but I can go. <laughs> I mean, San Diego. Keep going. Yeah, carry on, carry on. Arranged housing for hundreds of arriving migrants in a downtown high rise hotel where they're being quarantined before being allowed to join family or friends oh, in the no. interior of the United States. But how terrible. How dare we? It sounds so pleasant. Can you believe that at a time when our own people are suffering? Oh, my God. Now, that I takes hate us back this. to tomorrow's Barnum and Bailey revival in the Senate. So now she's getting into the oh, the impeachment trial. That's obviously. terrible. Yes, that was all ridiculous. That was all completely fucking that's ridiculous gross. to start this out. So the real story, because she flashes up, right, the citation to the New York Times article that was based on, uh, which I went and pulled it up. These were, as you mentioned earlier, refugees yep. uh, who were being quarantined at a hotel. Before being reunited with their families. To stay. Yeah. Yes, that was the case. Good. So we'll continue. Now she's on to the impeachment and what's going to be happening last week as she's talking. Democrats are arguing that Trump welcomed and incited a violent incursion into the Capitol. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want you to predict. I want you to predict what she's going to say next. He did not. Well, you're off. You're off. Don't worry. This, this gets good. This gets okay. really good. When it is they oh, who are enticing illegals to bust through our borders, exploit our resources, and commit crimes. Wow. And we're not talking about a few hundred. We're talking hundreds of thousands, no, eventually not. millions. Shut the fuck up, honestly. If the Democrats have their way. Wow. There is an insurrection taking place Wait. against America, all right. It's been going on for years <laughs> in the deepest depth of the D.C. swamp. Oh, my God. And now its figurehead resides at 1600 Pennsylvania. Joe Biden. So the real insurrection, oh, wow. the real insurrection is immigration into the United States. That, I mean, <laughs> come on. That's some, that is, I mean, that's not far away from being 1488, is it? Like, that's. <laughs> it's the, that is the greatest thing. That is the greatest thing I've ever heard. It really is. Really, the real insurrection. So one, she's excusing the insurrection there. She's she's pretending yeah. the insurrection wasn't a big deal. Yep. That's, there's an implication of that in what she's saying. And certainly I think Laura Ingram thinks that because she probably agrees with the insurrectionists because she's a fucking lunatic. Mm -hmm. And B, <laughs> Biden is, is bringing in hordes of people from outside the United States. Also, if you think Joe Biden is the figurehead of any any progressive policy, I'm sorry, but you need to read a book. Like... You really do. You really do. So that's the end of the fun in that Good clip. Stuff. That's really uh, what I wanted to get to there. Wow. Uh, that was a bit of the attempt to deflect uh, right yeah, before yeah, yeah. any of this ever even started. So we get to the ninth, and the ninth, of course, being uh, Tuesday last week. Mm -hmm. uh, and we get uh, the clip I have now is from Steve Bannon oh, on his show, The War Room. Oh, good. That was banned from America's Voice.News. Uh, and he has a couple of special guests with him on this. So you're going to hear other voices. Okay. Uh, so one of them is uh, the relatively well-known Boris Epstein uh, from uh, John Oliver's uh, expose of, of, I don't remember the name of the network he works for. Um, Sinclair. As well as he's got two he's, other people. He, they force Sinclair local news. Yes, Sinclair Broadcasting. Bush. That's right. Yeah. He's also joined by two other individuals. Raheem Kassam, who's a former Breitbart staffer. Yep, from uh, Who I believe... Uh, Yep, yep. And Jack Posobiec oh, good. is joining us 
on this here. So this is this is the the stellar group we get uh, on the ninth. This is actually from the ninth. Uh, they're talking about what's going to be going on with the impeachment. So here we go. We get 15 minutes of pure pathos. Why would you expect them to play by the rules? It's asymmetric. This is prison rules, folks. What? We are rolling out here. They are coming at you full barrel. I don't care if it's. What's the what's the context of this? Is this like they're talking about the the impeachment trial or? Yeah, they're talking about the impeachment trial and strategies of the the Trump defense. Okay, is uh, is what we're getting into. Okay, here. okay. If it's Constitution Day, you got to come out there with your best. You got to come out with your A game from the first moment you set foot on that court. For, for, uh, this is uh, eight miles. So Boris, I got this, this is eight, eight miles. miles. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Posobiec drops. This is eight miles. Wow. <laughs> Love that. that. Which, to be fair, to be fair, uh, given the performance of Trump's lawyers, they did act as though this was the portion of Eight Mile where Eminem was a failure. <laughs> they did completely act like that. All right. I got to ask you. A lot of guys come and say, "Omaga doesn't care about this. Maga's moved on to things." Should the Maga? By the way, calling Trump's followers Maga. Is, is another one of those stupid things that just annoys the shit out of me. Movement be watching, particularly tomorrow when they do the curtain raiser. To no, tomorrow's going to be two or three days of pure beatdown where the prosecution goes first. Should MAGA watch this? Okay, pause well, You it. better know what's going on, right? It's, <laughs> it's going to be a beatdown when the prosecution speaks <laughs> because we know what happened. Everybody yeah, saw what happened. He gives away the game asking, should MAGA watch this? Yeah. Right? The idea being, should MAGA step outside of their own information sphere and re receive anything else that doesn't come directly from Trump's mouth? Yeah. The answer is presumably no. <laughs> but it sounded well, like Boris, Boris was about to say, you got to know what's going on. When It's like, if he references fucking Sun Tzu, I will lose my shit. <laughs> I think no was the answer Steve Bannon wanted, but it goes a little bit somewhere else. Go ahead. Right, unless you want to be like, you know, it's Ali Frazier, and the, uh, you're Ali, and you've, you've got the blind, you know, the blindfolds on or something closing your eyes. Yeah, if you want to know what's coming at you, you better have your eyes open. Don't have the blindfold on. Know who's punching you. Know who's hitting you. Know how they're going to hit you. Pause it. And you better be. Didn't Ali win that fight? Yes, he did. Yeah, okay. Just yes, checking. <laughs> prepared to hit back because this is a full frontal assault on the MAGA movement in the name of the leader of the MAGA movement, the leader of the Republican Party. Yes, Liz Cheney and your 13 or 10 percent approval in Wyoming. Pause the it. leader of the Republican. This guy sounds like he's trying to swallow a stone at the same time as speaking. <laughs> I think the reason this guy only talks about boxing metaphors is because he is currently punch drunk. <laughs> he's being punched in the throat. Thing. He gets punched in the throat <laughs> once every five minutes, and that's why he speaks the way that he does. He doesn't have a makeup guy. He has someone come punch him in the throat before he goes on air. <laughs> Republican Party, Donald J. Trump, the 45th and hopefully 47th president of the United States. This not is a happen. full frontal assault, and we better be ready, and it better not just all be nice cities and how you doing, and this building's pretty. We know it's pretty. The Pocahontas painting, all that, great. Congratulations, what? Mazel Tov, okay? And yes, I'm Jewish, so I can, I can use the Yiddish. <laughs> he has to point it out. 
what the hell? That's, that took a weird turn. I don't know what he's saying. No. I, don't, and I understand what the word mazel tov means. I know that. But I, he, he has completely lost the thread. See, this is what I'm talking about, where everyone who's truly for Trump. And the problem I had looking for a lot of these videos today putting this whole thing together. And part of the reason why I usually end up more with the mainstream types rather than, you know, YouTube personalities who may have a couple million followers, but they're, they're absolute garbage, is because so many of them are such, bra- such bad broadcasters. Mm-hmm. They can't maintain a thread of thought. They go off rambling, just like Trump does, on just complete tangents that have nothing to do with what they're talking about. And eventually, they forget what they were saying. And like, unlike Trump, they don't have a teleprompter in front of them mm. to remind them what point of the speech they were in. Kevin, I'm not going to pretend that yeah. I've never done that, so... <laughs> I'm not either. I have done it as well. But I think we generally do a better... Because I'm here to guide the conversation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and I, I know what direction... I do some planning for these shows. I know generally what direction we're supposed to be headed Let's in. Let's do it. But so many of the people I was looking at, the reason why I generally end up with people on Fox News or right-wing radio like uh, uh, Glenn Beck and people like that is because at least we're able to figure out what the hell they're trying to say. Yeah, let's keep heading in that direction. We all know it. Okay, this is what's (laughs) going on. This is a full frontal assault. Be ready. Be prepared. Come in. And if it's Ali, if it's Ali Frazier, if it's Ali, uh, you know, if it's a rumble in the jungle, Ali Foreman, you better be ready. Hit it hard. Because if you don't, you're going to get knocked out. I, what? Uh, real quickly. So he just he just went back to his boxing. Again. Yeah, it was, was just all he did. Yeah, and I mean, I just why? <laughs> like you just spent a minute rambling no, about boxing. I I I've seen boxing too, sir. Like yeah. also, I'm sorry. Like it's really sad for uh, like, but I uh, maybe don't use the guy as your example who got punched in the head so many times that he had Parkinson's disease. <laughs> like it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great idea. No. Not a great idea. So we're back to Bannon talking now. I want to go around the horn and I want to start with you, Boris, and go to the other two guys. What is this kind of Olive branch? They're holding out to Ben Sass. That, that's another thing I'm, I'm talking about, right? They're very bad broadcasters. That's just, I understand we stumble over our words. Mm. I do it plenty, but we don't have nearly as many listeners no. as someone like Steve fucking Bannon yeah. does. And I am generally, what for the amount of him that I've seen, able to speak much more clearly than Steve. Yeah, Bannon well, does. you you have a beautiful speaking voice, Kevin. Everybody, thank knows you, that. thank you. Very much. I was gonna say something, and now I've lost my train of thought. So there you go. Oh no, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Don't worry. Um, so yeah, it's normal broadcasting practice is not to go back. Like when you change the topic, you bring in a new guest. You don't go, Boris, you just spoke. And now I'm going to ask you the next question right. too. <laughs> like bring in someone else. Right. This is, it's just bad form all around. And the Toomey and these guys, why, why are, am I missing something? Why are they doing that when these people have been so awful to the president? What's the story with the lawyers? How, how they have they been accomplish? awful to the president? And do you think it's appropriate? And would you- they haven't. They've mostly That's voted. The thing. For the stuff that he wanted. That's the thing. And, you know, I've had plenty of times over the last few months where I've been speaking with Trump supporters. Um, and, and they all, the minute someone even slightly differs from Donald Trump, they are now rhinos. They're now against the president. Mm-hmm. Right. Lindsey Graham, I have heard by a Trump supporter, called a rhino, called an anti-Trump guy. Good stuff. Right. When he has been the biggest lapdog of Donald Trump, of just about anyone in our government. Mm-hmm. Would you do it if you were up there arguing? This is the second time on media that I've heard Ben Sass's name 
the first time was on MSNBC last night when Ari Melber brought up uh, Ben Sass, played his words, claiming that President Trump was somehow giddy uh, during the during the January 6th riot, which is a which is a false statement. It is a lie. Okay. So just like they used Liz Cheney against President Trump, they're using Ben Sass against President Trump. So I've got no olive branch for Ben Sass. None. No olive branch, no olive oil, no bread, <laughs> nothing whatsoever. I've got no interest. Yeah, Boris is also hungry now at this point, we can tell. <laughs> No olive oil for you, Ben. Up, his hey. throat is healed up just enough from that punch to get down some bread and olive oil. I had this lovely charcuterie at home, and guess what, Ben? None of it's for you. I wish, like, I, I would die of laughter if if they cut over to Jack Posobiec and, and cause just they have with the, the, the prosciutto hanging out his they, mouth. <laughs> I would die of laughter. I would absolutely die of laughter. Ben Sass has been stabbing. President Trump, the MAGA movement, and Republicans in the front and the back. So I'm not sure what room there is for Ben Sass in the Republican Party. I mean, he's just been elected to a six-year politician. What's he, what's he been? In, what's he? What's he doing with Toomey on this? You got look, look we do have breaking yeah. news, um, and so I'm not a huge caster guy, but the Senate has voted 56-44. The trial will go on. They have now set the precedent that it is constitutional to impeach a former U.S. official. Awesome. Six, so who else let's have it? at it then. No, let's have at it. Let's, come on, who's first? Yeah. Is, it, is it Obama? Is it for the Russia stuff? 45 no. who else flipped? We, we See, gotta Ed, just bad broadcasting form of people. These are all people on the same side of the argument, right? Yeah. It's not generally good form to have them all interrupting each other. Uh, you let someone finish speaking before you jump in when they're giving a breaking news report mm. of what's just happened. It's ridiculous. It's bad. Also, I would just so I, I would just point out quickly that he was impeached before he was an ex-president. The trial didn't start true. until he was an ex-president. And that's because absolutely McConnell didn't true. allow the trial to start before he left office. Also absolutely true. Yeah, so, but it's not... It, they haven't set the precedent that it's it's fine to impeach a president. They've set the precedent that an impeachment can continue once the... Uh, in, the impeachment trial can continue once the president has left office. Right. So we, we've now got, right, uh, we got Laura Ingram, and then we got the war room, Great. Steve Bannon. They, of course, Bannon telling them that... They're, Epstein anyway, and Bannon not disagreeing that MAGA should watch what's going to happen with the impeachment trial. Mm. Then the next day, the 10th, right, the arguments began, and we got the opening from the prosecution, the House managers, was which that, was outstanding. Was that the day that they played that 13-minute video? Yes, okay. that, was the that was the first day. We got, a, we got a bunch of video on that day. Um, but yes, the one you're thinking of in particular, I think uh, the 13-minute video of uh the incitement is that what you're talking yeah, about yeah and like showing saying, them yeah. saying we we came here because trump invited us and like and yeah that, that big yeah, matchup yeah, yeah, yeah. yep 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 so uh now we have a response to that from later in the day from our dear tucker carlson oh, and good. this one made the rounds on social media so you might have seen it already but this this made a bit of a splash All when right. he said it uh but i i thought it was worthwhile to go back and take a look at okay it begins with a little bit of that clip that was played by the House So what does all of this mean exactly? We're not sure what it means, and we're not going to speculate. 
Okay. okay. <laughs> We're not sure what this I means. I hate his tone. Like, his broadcasting tone just really annoys me. Like, I am a lecturer, and you need to listen to what I'm saying <laughs> because I care about you. And I will always tell you the truth because I know that you, my listeners, who are brave, are not scared of the truth. It's just so formulaic, and I hate it. Well, I just really love how he starts with, we're not going to speculate, yeah. and then spends the remainder of his entire broadcast speculating. Sure. That's what he's going to do, right? I didn't watch the entire show from that day, uh, but I did watch a little bit before and after this particular clip to make sure it wasn't you know, out of context uh -huh. or anything, because that does happen. It does. But no, this is just terrible. Okay, he just goes on a terrible, terrible tangent. We do know for certain that the known facts of what happened on January 6th deviate in very important ways from the story they are now telling us, including the story they told us today in the impeachment hearings. Do you think he's going to tell us how it deviates? No. You think he's going to get any details would, about I that? I would guess not. No, you are correct. Okay. And in many places, the known facts bear no resemblance to the story they're telling. They're just flat out lying. This is just fancy Trumpian. No question Trump about that. Right? The question is, this Why is just the strategy the defense took. Yeah. For an answer, liars. think back to last spring. Beginning of Memorial Day, BLM and their sponsors ah, in corporate okay. America completely changed this country. They changed this country more in five months than it had changed in the previous 50 years. Pause it. How'd they do that? Did they? I'm not sure. I really don't think so, no. to be honest. <laughs> no. I don't feel like much has actually changed. Uh -huh. I, I could be wrong. Uh, we had, you know, companies like Coca-Cola saying Black Lives Matter, but we didn't really actually see anything. Maybe. This may be what he's talking about, because I do remember, of course, last summer, Tucker Carlson and a bunch of other right-wing personalities got sponsors taken away. Mm. That may be the extent of the change that he's talking about, because they were saying outrageous things last summer and faced consequences yeah. for them. They used the sad death of a man called George Floyd to upend our society. How? Months later, we learned that the story they told us about George Floyd's death was an utter lie. No, it wasn't. There was no physical evidence that George... Yeah, this, this is where it gets gross. Okay. This is, of course, it's all been gross, but this is where it gets into uh, fuck you forever, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. That's, where, that's where this goes. Floyd was murdered by a cop. The autopsy showed that George Floyd almost certainly died of a drug overdose. No. Fentanyl. But by that no, point, did facts didn't matter. It was too late. Cities had been destroyed, along with the fabric of this country itself. How I, scores of explain people explain to killed. me how the fabric of this country has been destroyed? Uh, black people marched. Yeah, that that destroy. They, they took down racist statues and were changing the names of some military bases. So no more America. Yep. Fabric, fabric done. Confederate fabric generals done. are being taken off of military bases. <laughs> fabric destroyed. Fabric utterly destroyed. And by the way, the Chiron underneath his face is, we've seen this type of false narrative before. Cool. Just a little bit more of this clip. Democratic partisans used a carefully concocted myth, a lie, to bum rush America into overturning the old order and handing them much more power. But how? That is so close to straight up white supremacist talking points. Yeah. He's really getting close to, to pulling back the veil on what he really thinks. I, it's dangerously close for him. I just, I, no, like, none of this is true. No, none of, not at all. Like, none America hasn't tangibly changed. Like, there's been a light that shone on things, yes. I'm not sure structures of power have fundamentally altered. Like, what happens? What does Could this... he mean possibly Donald Trump lost yeah. and he's blaming it on Maybe. the Black Lives Matter protests? Maybe.
Could that be what he's Maybe. coming at? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. All right, I'm done with this one. All right, so we move on to the next day, right? That was an attempt to, to obviously, just call all the house managers liars. It's just to sow so, so confusion, defense. isn't it? And this is what happens every time. They're like, oh, shit, Trump did something bad. We should we way. should break with him. Hold on. We should break with him. And then they're like, actually, like 10 days later, they're like, oh, but actually, what about all these things? And then this is where, like, they decide not to change at all. And they're like, people, if we feed them enough of this, then people will just, like, see everything as a shitstorm and we'll get away with whatever we want to get away with. Yeah. And by the way, I'm absolutely convinced that not only did Ted Cruz and Ron Paul and the other dipshits in the Senate work with the uh, defense for Donald Trump oh, and crafting that, that bullshit strategy, I am certain that Fox News media personalities had a hand in that as well. Possibly. Because they absolutely just took the Fox News. I mean, the ridiculousness of pointing out that in a photo taken before the trial ever even began, they had a typo of the date on one of their slides under a tweet. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That was the biggest joke of the entire thing. But that is core Fox News. That is throwing any doubt you can, no matter what. You don't need to back it up. You just need to call the other side a liar. So we'll move on. We're on to February 11th now, Good right? Stuff. So this is after the second day. Uh, or actually, I'm not sure what time of day this came out. But it is the, the second day of uh, the uh, impeachment trial. And this is Dennis Prager from his oh, radio okay. show. And Dennis Prager, another... Bad broadcast. Sure. Uh, he has a decent voice, but you're going to hear in the beginning, you're going to hear like a clunk noise. And that's him realizing after he's on the air that he forgot to switch his mic on. So he reaches over and presses the button. So this is Dennis Prager coming at it from his point of view. There you go. He had nothing going on. Apparently he even had background music playing, but there was no audio because the switch wasn't turned Good on. Good stuff. Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager, and the the farce upon farce is continuing. Okay. There was no insurrection, and there was no president. They're impeaching a non-president over an event that didn't occur. Of course, the riot occurred, but it wasn't an insurrection. Okay. So, again, that's another talking point we heard from the defense. Yeah. That it wasn't actually an insurrection. There's, so, a, there's, a weasel, sure at, there's a weasel word. It's like, oh, it's only an insurrection if it comes from the surrection region of Germany. Like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there were at the very least talking points sent out by the defense to Republican lawmakers and to right wing, you know, made their way to right wing media uh, somewhere, something like that. There, there had to be some coordination going on for all these things. And if it wasn't an insurrection, why is there a trial? Because mm. there so was a riot. The, oh. So, so under under his framing, right? If a president stood in the middle of D.C. and told people there, "Go storm and burn down the museum," that wouldn't be an insurrection because they're not even going after government. Go, they're going after the museum, which is a museum here in D.C., which is a private museum. It mm -hmm. just has a bunch of news artifacts. It wouldn't be an insurrection. A president couldn't be impeached for that. Nope. There's no way you could do it. Not an insurrection. Is that what his no trial? Is that what his argument is with the insurrection? That it's like, oh, it's a riot, not an insurrection. I mean, surely if a president incites a riot, that's just as well. He's going to get into it a little Let's bit, do it. right? But yeah, that's basically his point: is it was a riot, not an insurrection. Same thing we heard from the House impeachment uh, defense or the the Trump impeachment defense. On a on a great lie, I played for you the first hour. Tucker Carlson on Fox News did research into the five. Q 
killed or dead. That's what they... No. No, he did not do research. Tucker Carlson has never done research a day in his life. <laughs> we say five dead. None of them were killed. What? So, apparently none of the dead were killed. Except for one that we're going to hear about. Okay. Apparently, Officer Brian Sicknick was not killed. They still don't know what happened to him, though, do they? Like, actually, they really, they really don't know what happened to him. It's it's still unclear, right? Because there's there's privacy concerns with that, and there's no obligation, I think, uh, for the family to allow that information to be put out, um, right? But we, you know, there, he, we do know, I think, at this point, he was hit with a fire extinguisher. No, no, um, I think that so they, they they was that somebody else. No, okay. no, that was him. That's that they said that about him, but I think they recanted it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it may be unclear, but but the woman um, that was shot was presumably killed. That's the one woman he's going to say was killed, okay. and he has a rather interesting take on it. Is it that the, this was like, the, okay, hold on, let me see. It's that he doesn't know why. Hold on. Oh, no, let him, well, let I, I, it's, better, it, it's better than what I thought he was going to do, which is to compare it to the Boston Tea Party. Not Tea Party. What's the, no, no, no. What's the, um, what the was, shot heard around the world? Yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's not the case. Uh, that was that territory was saved for uh, out and out admitted white supremacists like Nick Fuentes, cool. who said that sort of shit. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, who I'm never going to play on that's this show. Good. I'm never going to play that little rat fuck white supremacist piece of shit. I am never going to play Nick Fuentes' voice on my fucking show. Good. That is not going to happen. Sure. I don't care if he becomes the next Fox News. That little piece of shit is never getting a minute of airtime on our show. Except one by a police officer whom they will not name. And we don't know why she was killed. She was unarmed and entering the building through a window, which was wrong. Oh. But that's not a capital offense. Does he do this whenever people get shot by the police that aren't white women? Mm. You might be surprised that he doesn't, okay, as a matter of fact. So, uh, just for the record, she wasn't entering a window of the Capitol. Uh, she was already inside of the Capitol. She was breaking through a window where people were breaking the glass with chairs and things and trying to hop through to get to the House of Representatives where people were currently fleeing down the hallway. Uh, you can see that video. You can see people running out. Um, and, of course, there was the guy standing there with a gun, uh, the officer who ended up shooting her mm -hmm. um, to defend the House of Representatives. Look, police shootings are wrong. We've said that before. I think that was my hot take a week or two ago. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you're trying to defend people from a mob that wants to lynch them, I'm not sure you really have any other options. Um, I think maybe it's the only justified shooting I've seen. Yeah, um, people actually fearing for their lives. So I don't think there's any need to get any more into Dennis Prager. I just wanted to get out there that they're still attempting to spin the event Good. of the actual insurrection Good stuff. Uh, in order to defend Donald Trump. So now we're going to move on to uh, still on the 11th uh, from later in the day. This is on Newsmax. Oh, no. uh, this is Greg Kelly, who is the host of the show. Greg Kelly reports. Very creative name he has going on there. Uh, and he's going to he's going to tell you what all this is really why the outrage over this is really a problem. All right. Stakes are really high. If you don't vote to convict, we forfeit our North Star status. President Trump abdicated his duty as commander-in-chief. All right, you see what I mean? Over the top. We saw what happened. We saw what he said. And we see that these, these comments, over the top. Too much, okay. too much. So what's going on? 
This is bad broadcasting. A little, a, a little hyperbole has really got me feeling down. <laughs> There's a reason why this guy works for Newsmax, not Fox News. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the Bush leaks. It really is <laughs> over there. At Newsmax. Can't even find the word hyperbole. It's like, oh, it's right. too much. It's uh, duh, duh. too much. Too much. Right. What's going on here? Oh, there is a racial component. Oh. Have you noticed? Let's talk about this. All right. It's clear to me that there is a racial component because right now in America, who doesn't have much status? White folk. <laughs> White folk. <laughs> That's his takeaway. Kevin, don't play any more of this. Wait, wait, wait. I I'm going to play, I'm I'm gonna play gonna... a few more seconds. I need you to listen. I just need you to keep listening. I just need you to keep listening, okay? okay. And then we'll get to it. I need you okay, to keep listening. Okay, for okay, okay. Please. Okay. Please. Okay especially poor white folk, yeah. especially poor white people who storm the Capitol. <laughs> you mean like the people that flew those... there in their private jets? Like those people? The people that those could poor... afford to travel across the fucking country to take a day and a half or three days off work and a half a fucking seven tanks of gas to get across so... the country? The poor white folk? Come on. This this response is racist because the insurrection was done by white people. <laughs> it wasn't poor people. Like I, I mean, as much I yes, it's. I'm sure there were a few broke motherfuckers there. Yeah, sure. but everyone we've seen who's been arrested has been middle class. Uh, you know, uh, for the most part, the majority of them, right? Jenna Ellis, that realtor from Texas, mm -hmm. right? Uh, she's the one who flew there on the the private plane. Um, you know, basically everyone we've seen has been. You know, the, even the the. Uh, the QAnon shaman guy, he wasn't like some broke dude. Certainly some of the people who've been arrested, right, you see you see the crime scene photos of their home and stuff, and it's like, okay, this guy, you know, he doesn't make a ton of money, but he's he's not struggling. Uh, he's got, you know, 20 guns in the house, so he's spending money on something. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is the, the only reason I could not not play that clip for that pure reason of yeah. this is racist, there's a race element because <laughs> white people are the ones who attack the not Capitol. Not great. Look, life's not great for any poor people, let's be honest, but yeah, it's not that. But really, yeah. that is that you're doing the race card mm -hmm. wrong, Greg. You you're doing the race card wrong. Uh so next clip we have. This is from February 12th. Uh this is Sean Hannity on his radio show um shortly after the impeachment defense. I believe uh I don't know if they wrapped up. I don't think they wrapped up that day, did they? I'm I'm re not remembering the timeline in my head. Uh, but the, the impeachment defense has been talking, and that's what he's been playing on his radio show. He opened up with a clip of it, uh, and now he's going to have his little take on everything that's happened. Unbelievable beatdown. Glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free. Our number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Also, 941-SEAN, that's a terrible number because his last name, Hannity, has enough letters to just be the phone number. <laughs> It could be 1-800-HANNON. You could do that. Just want to point that out. That's fun. A couple of things we have, we have pointed out here today. The American people have, it's, it's almost like, I guarantee you, a shock to the system of many Americans that now are seeing this probably for the first time on fake news CNN, mm. on MSDNC. Yeah. I don't even know if the networks would bother to cover it. But for the first time... 
By the way, I'm not sure what he's talking about Good. there, and he doesn't clarify whether okay. he's talking about the networks aren't going to play the defense. Presumably, yeah, the, the exculpatory evidence, I would imagine. Presumably, of which, of course, there was none presented, yeah, yeah. right? And, and of course, all those networks played the entirety of Trump's remarks in yeah, full they when they happened. In their lives, seeing and hearing the things that those of us in talk radio and a couple of us on Fox do every single day. What was it? Because they have... Talk radio, the real journalism. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's all I have to say. You know how much journalism that talk radio gets uh -huh. down to. Their predetermined notions that we're evil. That we're all conservative, racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobe, xenophobe, Islamophobe. We hate children. We want dirty air and water. We want granny and grandpa to drink uh to, to eat cat and dog food and then some republican evildoer will will throw them in their wheelchair Pause over it. a cliff okay every one of those things true about sean yeah Hanley. but well whatever <laughs> but also they should people should clip that and just put it over an ad i'm sorry like that that just just clip the bit where he starts we want this and just put it over an ad and i don't like whatever well, that, I, that would be that would be distortion <sighs> and taking his remarks out of context and i do not support that i do think it would be funny but i do not support. i don't it. really think anyone should do that please don't sue me because that's how they portray conservatives, conservatives. irredeemable deplorables you know, smelly Walmart shoppers what? that cling to their God, their Second Amendment, their Bibles, and their smelly religion. Smelly Walmart shoppers. But then me. you get to see the Democrats and all of that glory and all of their words. And you begin to, you know, all that Pause we have it. now heard, 16. The Democrats with their words. <laughs> and, and what I love about this clip, the whole reason I wanted to play it is because in Sean's mind, this is what the house managers did. I watched the entirety of the impeachment from start to finish. I missed like an hour on Saturday morning, but then went back and watched it later. I've seen every single minute of what happened in that impeachment. At no point did the house impeachment managers attack anyone who supported Donald Trump, who voted for him, other no. than people who are actually culpable, who supported the big lie. They portrayed Trump voters and even the people, the insurrectionists, they almost portrayed them as victims of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And then you saw the defense stand up and scream about how Democrats are evil liars who want to destroy the country. I'm, I'm engaging in a bit of hyperbole there, but they might as it's well too much. just said it's, it. it's too much. It's too much. Right. Right. And that's the point. When they engage in hyperbole, no, everyone expects it. So we don't say a fucking thing. But even when our side engages in the most level-headed uh, conversation of what actually happened that I have ever seen, their side will portray it as though they are calling uh, everyone who voted for Donald Trump dirty Walmart shoppers smelly, or whatever smelly Sean Walmart just said. Shoppers. Smelly Walmart shoppers. That's what we get in response. Well, we'll move on from that a little bit. We only have two more clips, and we're getting right. we're getting near an hour, so I don't know if we're going to have time for the articles. Probably not. So we have two more pretty short clips, uh, and one of these, this comes from TheBlaze.tv. Okay. Uh, this is a guy named, I think, Steve Wilco. I don't remember what his first name is, uh, but uh, his show, I think, is just called Wilco. Um, and he's just saying, uh, the impeachment's a joke. It's from February 12th. Cool. Again, start. start this off. John Roberts has said he wanted no part of this. Mm. He wants no part, wanted no part, will not preside over the trial 
because as Article 2, Section 4 puts it, there is no president to convict. The Constitution it. provides impeachment and... Okay, I actually want to hear your opinion on this. Should Roberts mm -hmm. have sat and presided over the trial? No. No? Why? They are correct that the current president, the president is not being impeached. And the reason why the, the um, chief justice is supposed to sit when a president is being impeached is because otherwise there's a potential that the vice president would sit and uh, preside over the impeachment, which would be, there'd be a clear conflict of interest there. Mm -hmm. um, so when, uh, and, and right, th all their arguments about former officials can't be impeached, obvious bullshit, because we've done it in the past. We have impeached former officials. There's the precedent of John Adams saying I can be impeached until the day I die. They're all completely specious arguments. They're bullshit that they've been throwing out. Mm -hmm. um, but that that's what he's running with here, basically. But and this is one of the... the Sorry, go ahead. Well, this is this was the I think the argument that if you asked most of the Republicans who voted not to impeach or not to convict, this is what they're going to hang their hat on is that bullshit procedural argument. Yeah, but okay, so the two things. First, would Roberts presiding not have taken some of that argument away? And like also the <laughs> the senator who I mean, so presumably the next in line to preside would have been Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. Would she have presided? So she couldn't have presided because she's the vice president, right? That's the, I mean, she could technically no, she, have presided. She, she could have presided, okay. yes. But then you've got the president pro tempore in, um, in Chuck Grassley. Like, he's not an impartial presider either. I mean, he's... No, and that's the point is that this is not, th th this trial, and I don't, I didn't want to get down this, this line of thought, but we, I guess we have to. The impeachment is not... Uh, as the the Trump defense repeatedly tried to pretend it was an Article Three court, mm -hmm. right? Article Three being a court established under Article Three of the Constitution, meaning a federal court of any type. It's not that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I shouldn't say of any type because there are some um, courts that are not Article Three courts. It's a complicated issue, but it doesn't matter for these purposes. Where, for example, the federal rules of civil procedure apply. That is not the case in the Senate because it's the Senate. It's not a court, mm. right? But they wanted to pretend that this was a court like any other uh, court proceeding would be, which, of course, got the big laugh line of the day about him wanting to depose Kamala Harris in Philadelphia. Yeah, I thought he got really offended over that, and I thought it was just them laughing because he said Philadelphia, which I, I'm pretty convinced that that is why they were laughing, to be honest. Well, I feel like it was it was mostly that, but there was probably, I mean, his whole performance was a joke. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. avoiding laughter at any moment throughout most of that would have been difficult. I spent most of my day laughing while watching yeah. it. So my, my second question, and I think I know the answer to this, and it's that it's hugely hypocritical is the answer. But so the Senate voted on whether to go go ahead with the trial. Once they do that, does that not take away the argument that the trial is unconstitutional? Like you shouldn't be able to say i'm voting no or i'm voting like so mcconnell voted to acquit because he said he didn't think the senate had the right to do the trial in the first place but like once the senate has voted that they do have the right to do the trial that's not a reasonable reason to acquit right that's just hypocrisy i think in my mind no it's not reasonable okay. I don't, I don't, I don't find it to be reasonable. But there's, again, there's nothing in the Constitution saying once the Senate votes on something, every other senator has to do X, right? Ha has to agree with it, can't hang their reason on that. Because again, it's a political trial. Yeah. It's not an Article Three court. It's not an actual trial, as we would think. Yeah, about. it just it, to me, it should be a tabula rasa after that 
in the sense that it's like, okay, we are moving forward with this trial under the assumption that it is constitutional because we just voted that it's constitutional. So you you shouldn't then be able to say, oh, well, I don't think it's constitutional, so therefore not guilty. Like, don't vote. Right? I, look, like, I uh, agree with that. Yeah. You and I agree on that, but it doesn't matter because they can still vote any way they and want it, for any reason they two, want. Then there's no repercussions. It's two-thirds of the the votes cast, right? So he could have abstained. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I'm bored with that clip already after 18 seconds. Sorry. Uh, so why don't we move on <laughs> to our Took us down an clip. actual political conversation <laughs> road. Sorry. Yes. Why don't we move on to our last clip, which is from One America News oh, Network, yeah, Donald Trump's favorite Good network, stuff. of course. Uh, and this actually came out Sunday. Is it the My 14th. Pillow guy? <laughs> Did they get the My no. Pillow? No. And I gotta say, I I watched uh, the My Pillow. Oh, no. Heavier quotes documentary, and um, I thought maybe there's something we can do with this. No. It is way too boring and poorly done for there to be anything entertaining to do with it. And I think uh, the guys over at God Awful Movies did it uh, for this week's okay, episode. Okay. So I think so if they, you want it, better you can go us. to it there. <laughs> yeah, but it's it was just so bad. There was nothing I could do with it. I couldn't find a way to turn it into something interesting uh, without all the dick jokes that I sh- I'm sure they're going to use to make it something funny. Uh, so this is from One America News. Uh, this is a guy named um, Steve Cortez. Uh, and he's also got on, of course, a guest... Jack Posobiec, or I'm sorry, this uh, Steve uh, Jack Posobiec is interviewing Steve Cortez in this clip, uh, and of course, at this point on Sunday, we knew everything was over, uh, and this is about the future of the America First movement. So this is where it's going to go from there. And with former President Trump out of office, many are wondering what the future of both the Republican Party and the America First movement will hold. Here's one America's Jack Posobiec. Oh, good. All right, we're very excited to welcome back to One America News, Steve Cortez, the former senior campaign advisor to the Trump campaign. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. By the way, the fact that any so-called news network hires Jack Posobiec, the pizza gator in chief, is should be ridiculous on its face yeah. and should completely discredit that fucking network. You bet. Thanks, Jack. Tell me, what's your take on where the president stands in this trial right now? I hope and expect that the defense team will use this opportunity to show, number one, why the prosecution team should not be believed, uh, that they are willing to, on national television, in the well of the United States Senate, lie directly to the American people about something. They did not, by the way. <laughs> like the Charlottesville hoax. Uh, but number <laughs> two, I think it's a, it's a chance to educate a lot of people who may not be terribly involved in politics, but might see these proceedings today, um, that the Charlottesville lie has been propagated by mainstream so, media and unfortunately by Democratic politicians. I know. We're going to have to talk. We're going to have to recap the Charlottesville <laughs> thing and why it's not a lie. Well, no, we don't so even have with. to do that. But, like, they're framing the, their whole framing device here is that Charlottesville was a lie. Right. Okay. So just to, I just I have to, for my own do sanity, it, explain it. why it's not. To begin with, starting with Donald Trump in the clarification that he offered, that they played to try and vindicate him from his Charlottesville statement, said he was talking about the people the night before. The people the night before were the Tiki Torch Nazis. There were no good people there. If they want to claim that he was talking about some sort of other people that were there on the day of the march who weren't with the Nazis or the white supremacists, I would point out that those people saw Nazis and white supremacists and decided to walk and march with Nazis and white supremacists. Yeah, not great. And my long-standing conviction that I will always stand by. It is, if you march with Nazi fucks, you're a fucking Nazi. 
There is no getting around that. You are not a good person no. if you decided to be there on that day. There just is no leeway. For years, including the new president, Joe Biden literally launched his campaign based on that very Charlottesville lie. So again, I think there's opportunity. This is a farce, it's a sham, this entire impeachment, but that doesn't mean that we can't find opportunities um, to advance the causes of truth, the America First agenda, and I would also argue President Trump's personal political viability going forward. Of which I would argue he has none. Very little, yeah. I, everyone's talking about Trump running in 2024. The defense has tried to portray it as the Democrats are scared of Trump running in 2024, to which I would point out, A, look what happens when he runs, when people realize he's not a total joke. Yeah. We win all three chambers, so I'm not that scared of it. Uh, and B, I think enough people have been turned off of him that everyone's, A, A, he's, he's completely destroyed the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. The Republican Party has been decimated by Donald Trump. Um, and I, I'm not scared of Trump at all at this point. I think if he runs, it's another Democratic sweep. No, I think he's much less powerful without social media as well because he's not living rent-free. Oh, yeah. And and Twitter, Twitter, yes, Twitter have said um, <laughs> they won't reinstate him even if he runs again. So, Yeah, so his best hope is Facebook. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, I want to unpack something that you said there as well because you talked about how the Republican Party is now a MAGA America first party. Uh, that, of course, is being try tried to be shut down by so many of the establishment politicians here in Washington and across the country. Mm -hmm. But where do you see that movement going forward, that political viability? What is MAGA going to look like in five years, in 10 years, in your estimation? Right. You know, I believe this movement is incredibly young. And even though we're bitterly disappointed that Donald Trump is not president of the United States right now, um, and even though we believe, I think, for evidence-based reasons that he did win the legal okay. vote on no. November 3rd, there are also reasons <laughs> to be really optimistic about the movement. And I'll, I'll give you a couple specifically. One is how well we did on November 3rd geographically. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> how well they did geographically mm. on... <laughs> <laughs> on uh yeah that uh that argument right there doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me uh how well we they did geographically lost more states than we won that's uh yeah. the geograph i think he meant demographically do you think i don't know it's possible it's possible i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't go back and question him uh but uh, i'm done with that i think we're done we're over an hour yeah. now and i think we initially always said that these interstitial episodes would be shorter than the regular yeah. episodes and we haven't accomplished no, that yet that's because you always find like <laughs> 10 clips is the problem it's my fault and i well look it's hard to talk about the impeachment uh, and everything that happened over the last week without doing a whole bunch without trying to get the full spectrum mm -hmm. uh, of all the crazy that was going on out there and i did keep finding all these little tidbits like the uh, uh laura ingram and the tucker carlson bit that i was like oh that's just too good to not play uh, there's just no way I can't play those. So we had to go through them. But, uh, Benedict, what's your what's your close? What what uh, Are you scared of Donald Trump moving forward? Do you Not think really. that because we didn't prevent him from running in the future, we're doomed to another Donald Trump presidency in 2024? No, I think, I mean, the, there's the potential for another Donald Trump-like presidency, but I'm actually fairly hopeful, just given that seven senators did vote to convict. I mean, that's a wedge in the Republican Party that would need to be widened. Well, uh, but I would point out that I think all but one of those is about to retire, so. That's true, yeah. that's true. But there is, I mean, there is there is certainly a wedge there. No, no, Romney's not retiring, is he? Uh, well, I'm sorry, I'll but I think uh, maybe two are, are Romney, about to retire. Romney, Romney, Pat Toomey's retiring. Um, 
I mean, okay, there's a handful who are going to retire, but um, they're not going to uh, run. I, then, then, so Mikowski's not retiring, Romney's not retiring, Sass isn't retiring. So there's at least a few yes. of them that aren't. Toomey is. I think what I'm getting at is a handful of them are retiring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Murkowski just won re-election, so she's got another six years. Uh, no, et cetera, no, no, et cetera. no, 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 Colin, no. Who am I Collins, thinking of? Collins, Collins just won re-election. I'm sorry, I got it back. They're the same person. Murkowski, They're the same person. Murkowski, You've never seen Murkowski, Murkowski and Collins in the same room. Murkowski, Murkowski has a primary in 2022, but it's Alaska just changed their primary system, so it's just a four-way primary now, and it's a top two runoff. So she she won't be right. worried about being challenged by a MAGA person. And also, why should she be like, I don't know. I think Republicans have seen um, it's going to be interesting because Republicans have seen being challenged by a MAGA person as like a death sentence. I don't know if that's the case anymore, especially without Trump as president. Like, you know, there are some like you see Marjorie Taylor Greene, etc., um, who will challenge establishment Republicans and win. But I think honestly that establishment Republicans will probably win more often than they think they will especially if they're an incumbent like i don't i don't think that there's a huge like it, you know the um what's his name burr in north carolina like i think he'll be fine and he's about to be cens- censured by the north carolina gop right. it's going to be interesting because the local the local apparatuses are much more trumpy than the 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 national national level. party yeah yeah exactly right. so it's going to be interesting to see the interplay between those things and I, I mean, I think that's well, true. I, I think for one thing, you've seen, for the most part, the reasonable Republicans have fled the Republican Party. They've lost, I mean, we've seen, right, people changing party registrations in Arizona and all across the place. There's a lot of people leaving the Republican Party because of what it's turned into. And I think that was reflected in what we saw in November of last mm-hmm. year. So I think that was part of it. And we saw it continue after, you know, the nonsense following the election and then the insurrection. I think it just continued. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that means that what's left of the Republican Party is going to become more extreme, is be- going to become more of a Trump party. Um, they're not giving up their fascist uh, uh, furor, if you will. Um, they're not going to be looking for they're going to be looking for someone else to take up that mantle, but it's not going to be someone who differs from the Trump mold. No, it's also really hard to recreate, I think, without the without the level of celebrity that Trump has and the level of like, you know, most people aren't engaged with politics to to any degree, really. So it's just like, oh, I'll vote for that, you know, not to belittle how people come at politics. But if you're a low information voter, having a celebrity run is much more likely to get your vote than Josh Hawley, for example. Right. You know, so... Your Arnold Schwarzeneggers, exactly. your Jesse Ventura, Your Ronald Reagans. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know... It's, it's true. It's exactly that. And it's it's just like, it, people are, if people are slightly disaffected, then a celebrity saying, I can fix it, is going to get some of the vote, at least. Um, and then, you know, that if that is then backed by a powerful party apparatus, then that maybe carries them over the line. I don't know. I I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I just think post-Trumpism, post-Trump Trumpism is a lot harder of a thing to achieve than people think it is. Agreed. Well, anyways, with all that out of the way, that's it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode. That's $4 a month because we don't charge you for the interstitials. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, drawings to win our copies of the books we read, and more. 
As always, we have to give a shout out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Corey Bidding, Megan Ruth, Savia Kino, Glaurung the Deceiver, Danielle, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, AJ Brantley, Taro Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Andrew Jenko. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, cut off one head and two more shall take its place. Goodbye. Bye. Club Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.